Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and I've got my friend Stephen here. So, Stephen, how are you doing? I am blessed. Thank you're, you for you're asking. You're buried under a pile of papers <laughs> over there. This guy I'm is working and prepping. The, the mad scribbler. There is, you go. Uh, Stephen is, but. Um, yeah, we're glad to have you here with us. Um, we wanted to let you know that uh, we have been doing the Gateway to Freedom workshops for, let's see, 20, uh, how many years? Like over 12 years. We've wow. done done tons of these. Hundreds of men over the years have come through this workshop. Yes. Um, it's, you know, Stephen's been there from the very beginning, kind of the inception <gasps> of the workshop. So, so you're getting old. Uh, <laughs> I was there from the beginning. I forgot and, uh, that. And so right. Stephen is one of our, uh, one of the breakout counselors. So, man, he's been able to just hear so many stories over the years. And, uh, um, and we are going to want to share with you some things that, that, uh, have, have happened at the workshops and try to, we always try to gain some insights. Guys are always so gracious to let us share their stories. We never identify anybody's by name or anything like that. We protect their privacy, but it's been really cool to see over the years how God has used that three-day in, uh, weekend intensive to just kind of peel guys back to their mm-hmm. core and help them heal at a deeper level. And so if you're a man out there or if you know a man who is just struggling and says, you know what, I don't I don't want to be living the way I'm living anymore with my porn or my, you know, the ways that my sexual brokenness is manifesting in all kinds of unhealthy ways. Um, we would we would strongly encourage you to consider coming to a gateway workshop. We've got them happening periodically throughout the year in several locations. So just go to uh, bebroken.com. And uh, you can click on the men link, and that will take you to the Gateway to Freedom workshop. So, Stephen. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. I got to go to Florida. I'm a Texas counselor, but I got to go to Florida recently and and, uh, do one of the retreat weekends down there with Dan, who was leading it. And it was such a nice change. I went a day early. It was relaxing. But it, it was also good because I ran into a, a, a good group of guys just just hungry for change. You know, they come in tired. They're tired of their life. They're tired of the mess they made. And they want something. They're looking for some change. And over the course of the weekend, lots of them find it. Some guys don't, don't get so much. They kind of come in stuck and they stay stuck and it... But most of the guys that come, come have an experience unlike any other place. And it really is where men get together and share stories of pain and struggles. And so uh, I told the guys, I might want to tell some of the stories. We always protect identity so nobody ever knows except the guys that are that we're at the weekend. Oh, I know what he's talking about. And if you've been to a gateway, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. One of the other guys in the group. Uh, that's what I love about the gateway guys. They're so gracious. And they say, yeah, it's okay. You can use my stuff if it's going to bless somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read guy number one. This is after being home a week. Okay. Something happens on the weekend. They go home. And then we have a phone call, okay? And so guy number one says, I experienced, I experienced something really unusual at Gateway. I got free. Mm. I just found some freedom that I didn't have. So I'm going to make about four or five points and we'll just talk about them. <clears throat> Usually I'm talking and telling people things and 
and you know my life and stories and I've done lots of stuff so I have lots of good stories I'm talking a lot but he said I'm trying something nif- different now and unusual I'm I'm listening mm. I'm listening more so so one I got some freedom and it shifted me and two I'm I'm sort of changing what I've been doing yeah he said I'm a different man because I have more peace inside me. Something has shifted. I have more peace from, from a weekend where some pieces were made clear about my life and I shifted the way I, I saw myself and my story and my life. And some peace has risen up in me. Maybe I'll stop right there and tell me what, if you got any thoughts. You know what I love about this is, um, you know, here's a guy at a weekend where there's like no opportunity to really do anything. And I don't mean that in like just in like an acting out way, but but to do anything. I mean, they're at a retreat center and all that. And the fact that this guy says, I, I got free. Yes. You know what that tells me? It tells me that what needs to be set free in a man mm. is not his behavior. <gasps> That's good. There's something that has to be un, unbound at a deeper level. And so yes. I think when guys come into maybe recovery and they're looking for a behavioral change, this is why we see guys a lot that get what we call sober, yeah. but they're not free. Right. Because they realize there's something at a deeper yes. level that still got me. And they're confused about what it is and they don't know how to deal with it. And they do all the right actions and behaviors and boundaries and accountability and i think that the insight that this guy had to say you know i've been a talker i've been a guy that gets stuff done i've been a guy that you know makes things happen and there's been a shift to being more of a listener and how how that's been that how that's connected to the sense of freedom and peace i think that's Mm. telling i think we do end up experiencing more peace when we if i can put it this way we shut up a little bit and just start (laughs) like listening and and you gain new insights when you when you learn to listen. Well, but but remember also, there are stories that are told at these weekends that have been buried for a long time. Oh yeah, and they're unpacked, and there's freedom in telling your story, and then in and looking at somebody else's story, you pick up information, and and so it is listening but it's listening to something that's happening that's different that 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 very act shifts you. Yeah. And I really think it's a God thing too. It's Absolutely, not just a yeah. little story or a one man and another man. There's something very healing and dynamic about mm. the process. Mm-hmm. So he says, I'm now changing the order of my days around. And I realize I need more men and accountability and I've been avoiding that. But this new joy that I found, I had it, I lost it, I have it again, and I'm making some changes. I always find it interesting how, I mean, I, I don't have any you know scientific data to back this up, mm-hmm. but it's amazing to me over the years how many times in men's lives, my own included, that when you discover peace, joy is right there with it. Mm. It's almost like peace and joy just they're linked together. 
Yes. Like when peace comes to your being where you're not striving, you're not, you know, you're, you're not in this, this, you know, hamster wheel. When you can finally have peace, it's like all of a sudden there's joy. Like, oh my goodness, I was made for a simple life. It doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, and of course, sin always complicates everything. But uh, so I find that That's interesting good. how he's got peace and then joy is the result of that. So this is man number two from the weekend. He said, my wife, when I got home, I found she was still upset and she still resents the big messes that I've made. Uh, I'm thinking everything is okay for me and where I am and from my side. Um, I'm more hopeful because I have a different attitude than when I left. And this new attitude, this new different me, I got to hang on to it because it's rising up in me. And so I have two things. She's resentful. She didn't go to a weekend. She's stuck. Mm. And I'm not. And I have some hope and some movement. I have a different attitude. Yeah. And and I think part of part of the uh the the challenge, I guess, in this situation is and we see this happen a lot, don't we, Stephen, where man, there is new hope that's born in this guy. And there's a new sense of like something different is happening in me. And then he comes up against the challenge of something's radically different in me. And my wife is stuck. And and it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult for both. Right. Right. Because I think it, we've heard from many women then a lot of times that feel like, I don't know if I like the fact that my husband is getting well because in some ways it almost makes me feel worse because I'm like, where has this man been for so long? You know what I mean? Why wasn't this the man that I knew 15 years ago, you know, or I'm still stuck and where's my weekend. And and he moved and I didn't, and I still want to talk about pain and suffering. And he wants to move forward now. He says he has new attitude and, and that's just it. So he's got to work on on holding on to that hope and the new attitude, but being very, very gentle with his wife. And hopefully that's part of his new attitude, right? Is that he's he's engaging differently than he was before. Yeah. Um, so he said, I value me more. Isn't that interesting? You go to a weekend. Then he did before. Stores. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I don't I want it to. I value me more than I did before. Yeah. I, I just wanted to clarify that because I didn't want to make it sound like I value me more than my wife. It's like, uh, no. okay. It's like, no, okay. he values himself more than yeah. he did before the weekend. Yeah, I value myself more. I see myself with some positives. I got some better perspective. I value me more. And then he said... This popped out of me, and it's unusual. I said to my daughter, you're beautiful. And she ran to mom and said, what conference did dad go to? <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> Who is this guy? Oh, man. You know, isn't that great? I love it. I love it. I think, I mean, what a precious thing. It's like, hey, um, how do we bottle up what happened to this conference? Because somehow <laughs> dad got a dose of something that is yeah. good. Like it's it's what he poured out on me just now. It's not normal, but I like it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's such There's a shift needs- inside. And, you know, if you put these together, I don't value me. I trash me. I blame me. I tell me I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm an addict. I'm a sinner. It's the devil. I'm bad. That's me. But you get a story straight and, and you realize we are the redeemed, right? We are the church. We are the forgiven. And you shift a little bit and you could be a little kinder to yourself. And isn't it, it an interesting? Flow out of you. And that's just it. I think we naturally project what we believe about ourselves onto others. So when here's a man who's been drowning in shame, well, it, it makes sense that it would be abnormal for him to tell his daughter she's beautiful because he's saying, I'm a piece of scum. Right. I don't value me. So I'm wow, not going to, I don't know how good. to value anybody else. Mm. So when he finally, when the shame started to get released and he started to see himself through a different lens of grace. Now he's able to extend grace and, and, and grace speak flows that over out, others. right? Yeah. That is good. The next guy said, I am now connecting more with my wife. And he said, we will end all our conflicts with prayer. Mm -hmm. Isn't that great? That is great. Now, I don't know if you can always do that, but it's a great goal, right? To say, okay, we disagree. Let's, Let's pray a minute. I mean, it's a great goal. Somebody might say, forget you. I'm leaving. We're not praying well, with and you. I don't, I don't think this means that if your wife is yelling at you, just start praying. <laughs> like, we're ending the conflict right now. I'm praying, you know. But No, but I'm, I'm staying in the dialogue. I'm connecting better with my wife. You know, if you put this with the other one, I'm not trashing me yeah. as much. Maybe I can stay better for her and me, and, and, and we can be prayerful in thought. Because he said, I have joy and happiness rising up in me now, mm-hmm. and I, I want to hold that. Mm-hmm. I got a little cleaner. I got a little freer. Some joy came in, and, you know, I'm not in self-destruct mode. And, and, and so, so his wife gets the benefit, and he goes to God. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. I mean, we know that sexual sin, really sin of any kind, is a divider. It divides us in our relationships, right? It even divides us within ourselves. We start compartmentalizing our own lives. But the fact that now he's finding wholeness in his in his own being, he's realizing that even if I have a conflict with my wife, that this is about pulling us together, not allowing that conflict to be another way that we separate. So the idea that he's saying we're in conflict with prayer, he's realizing that, hey, this is about community and oneness and togetherness, even if we're struggling along the way. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a mature way to think of the relationship. Yes. He goes on to say, my core fear has never been known by anyone I don't let anybody know me. But, you know, we all have deep fears. And and I believe we have one deep core fear that scares us the worst, right? And he said, I've never looked at myself that way. Mm-hmm. And I saw something inside me that used to scare me. And I wouldn't, didn't want to tell anybody. But when it came into the light and someone saw me and I wasn't rejected, he says, now I'm talking and I'm even facing my fears and talking out loud to my fears. Okay, fear, you're here. What do you got, fear? I'm talking to my fear. And he said, I'm never going back to my old ways. Yeah, you know, as you're saying that, one of my 
uh, one of my favorite places to go in the scripture to kind of get pictures of what this looks like is the Psalms. Because mm. the psalmist in many cases will say, oh, my soul. And it's like he's doing self-talk there. Mm. Remember the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, these types of things is saying, I need to remind myself, yes. you know, of the God who loves me, the God who knows me, the God who will never leave me nor forsake me. You know, the, and so I think sometimes the Psalms are a good place to talk out your fears because yes. the Psalms are exactly that. It's like the Psalm is talking out his fears and his, his uh, you know, distress. I love that. Oh, my soul. So I'm in my soul, talking to God about my soul, facing my soul, not afraid of my soul, taking my tired soul, mm-hmm. right, to where it needs to go. So this man number three says, wait a minute, we we're, we're on four. four. Okay, <laughs> this, he says, this weekend was better than I could have ever imagined. You know, I wonder what that was. The food good or the nature was nice? What what do you think? He imagined he would come down there and be beat? I think a lot of guys imagine it's going to be the intense part of it is going to be about behavior modification. Mm. And I think when they experience grace and love and community, brotherhood, that's what they didn't expect. He said, in the past... My inside stuff was tormenting me. Mm. Now, I just love the way that's past tense. Mm-hmm. It's in the past, this stuff is going on and on. And he said, recently, I stayed in a, my wife's conversation, and it was very impactful. I didn't have to run away. I didn't have to shame myself. She's not happy. Oh, it must be me. The tormenting stuff in me clashes with her trying to express, express pain. I ran away. But he said, I've been staying. And it's, it's changing our relationship. And he said, something transformed in me that I'm seeing and using in me and with her. It's mm-hmm. transformational, he said, yeah. whatever this stuff is. Well, you know, I think it's interesting when um, a lot of times when in our, in our shame and in our brokenness, if a mirror is put in front of us, we're only seeing ourselves through that shame and brokenness. But then I believe that when when we start to experience authentic community, we we experience the uh, steadfast love of the Lord. When we experience like healing at a deeper level, like when He's saying, I, "I this was better than I expected." You know, He had certain expectations that were probably you know filtered through His shame and His brokenness and all that. Right. And then to experience this a different way. This is what I love, Stephen, about how God meets us. Mm. We think that I need to go get my porn problem fixed. Right. And God says, I want to transform you at a deep level to now the the trickle effect of that. It's going to improve your marriage. It's going to improve your relationship with your kids. It's going to transform how you do your work. It's going to like in your insides, it's going to affect yeah. every part of your life. And yeah. and so that's what I'm seeing in this man is he's like Okay, I, I might have expected something sort of small and specific related to porn and lust. Mm-hmm. What I've received and what I'm experiencing is a whole life transformation, and that's mm. a good thing. So he said this Gateway to Freedom weekend is about empathy training. Amen. <laughs> and it's like nobody had ever said that before. That was a great line because what does it mean? I can feel. For you, 
I can feel for me. I can make a connection. I can use my feelings. I'm not lost. I know what to do. I have a word. Be empathetic. Be Feel sad when sadness is presented or mad or irritated or hurt or joyful, right? Make mm-hmm. your connection. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that he put those two words together, empathy training. Uh, it's important to realize that um, even if we speak the word empathy, uh, we can't assume that everyone who hears that, number one, knows what it means, and number two, knows how to apply it, right? So right. he's saying, this weekend, I got to like roll up my sleeves and, and practice. Like this was training. Yeah. This wasn't just, hey, let's you know sit around and hum and sing kumbaya. It's like no, we're actually we're actually doing work here, right? But it's work at a different level. It's work at, like you said, what does it look like to actually connect? What does it look like to actually be present? Um, and for most of these guys, that is foreign because they're acting out behaviors or teaching them to disconnect and not be present. That's right. So I'm going to read three or four lines here, and you, you see if you can pick up these themes of how they all play together. He said, I'm more connected with myself. I'm more connected with my own emotions. In the past, I used to fix things. You got a problem, I'll fix it. Now I'm starting to just feel it. You got a problem, I just want to feel your problem, not fix it. Right? I'm trying to use me to connect with you. So he says, this is three things that are these from the training. These are my tools. I'm, I start in pain. Somebody's in pain, I'm in pain. I stay with that pain. I grieve it. And I'm sad for a while. Then I release it so I can move on. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about all those statements? I think that's a, that's a pretty succinct summation of empathy training. <laughs> Right? Uh. I mean, I love the transfer from fix it to feel it. I think every man out there needs to hear that. Uh, Women too, but I think men in particular, we are more prone to be fixers. Right, we're feelers. Our dads trained us fix this. Or our culture trained us, you know, it wasn't just dads. It was like, (laughs) well, but most of us that have dads, right, have been told, break that, pick that up, cut that hedge. Push that mower, get over. And we went to work, and the bosses said, bip, 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 bip. Yeah. You know, everywhere we went, we've been told. And, and, and the thing and is, failed I mean, and, and have had pain around it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, there are things that need fixing. The problem is, is we've pigeonholed our whole manhood yep. into only being fixers. That's it. Yep. And so the thing is, is that being able to, tra- and that's why we, Let's just be honest. A lot of men suck at relationships, you know, because but we can fix things exactly. But the but the thing is, relationships aren't about fixing. You know, ninety nine percent of relationships are about connecting. Oh, that's true. So that's so hard. Maybe not ninety nine percent, but a high feel, percentage. You know? We have to we have to stay in the moment. We have to feel pain. We have to use but here's, language and no empathy. Oh, it's so hard. Why don't we just rake the leaves? But here's what I like about what car. he's saying: is he's saying, you know, when you recognize that there's a feeling there, yes. be it pain or whatever it is, to not be in a hurry. I think is really important. He's right. saying, what does it look like to try to empathize? Like, how, what does it feel like? Um, and then recognizing that if you're going to get 
movement beyond just being stuck in that, that there is a grief process to that. And yes. I think it's very important that he 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 um, articulated grief as the process. Because sometimes, again, because grief isn't about fixing. No. Grief is still about feeling. Grief is still about connecting. Grief is... But, but gr- it's release. But gr- yeah, release grief, grief is a way where those... Those particular uh, emotions don't own you. Yes, that's right. Or stay stuck and then you die. Yeah. You grieve through a process, right? Mm-hmm. So this was beautiful. He said, and you know what? My wife is happier. And she made this statement. Do you know that you're describing your emotions more clearly? Wow, yeah. You understand you're talking about yourself and your own feelings and emotions, and you're talking a way I've never heard you speak before. Yeah. And she's happy. And the thing is, I mean, how affirming is that for a guy? I've said it many, many times on this program and in our ministry that I think the the most fragile thing in all the universe is the male ego. Mm. And so, like, to hear those words from your wife when you've probably been very disconnected, very unempathetic— and to realize that she is recognizing something changing at a very deep level, boy, that's that you want to talk about just kind of filling a man up. I think I think any man mm. to hear that from his wife would be deeply affirmed. Yes, yes. So he's the last gentleman that that uh, gave us information and was trying to show us the change. Said the old me was about. Uh, getting things done. So if I went to a weekend, I'd come home and I'd put things in the laundry and start the laundry and unpack the bag. Everything went in the right place and I cleaned everything up. He said, for the first time in my life, I came home, I got the ball, said, son, let's go play. Mm. And I played with my son for two hours. We just threw the ball back and forth. Do do you understand what a change It happened over the course of one weekend because he said I was always rigid and there was a right way to do things. And I had the answers. I needed the answers. I would tell you the answers. And I had to live this rigid life Mm. because I was afraid that I was not good enough. And I got to tell you the truth. This is my second time to Gateway. Mm -hmm. I only got half of it the first time, but I got the second half when I went through again. And so I would say this, I'm not gonna be so rigid, so tight, so trying to have push out all the answers. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna punish myself anymore and try to be so good. I'm just gonna be a regular guy. Yeah, see, uh, it's like the first time he was still stuck in behavior modification mode, right? Mm. I got to get it right. I got to make sure that I got all the all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted and I've got to clean up and I've got to do the- No messes around me. And uh-uh. so it's he was still operating under his shame lies and his mm. shame grid. And I feel like this time he when he went through, he realized, oh man, I'm I'm missing it on a relational level. And so recognizing that, hey, you know what? The bags don't have to be unpacked immediately. The house doesn't have to be clean immediately. Mm. But you've got a boy who's eager to, to connect dad. with his dad. I'm gonna play with dad. Yeah. So yeah. his priorities are shifting, and and that's a beautiful thing. Realizing mm. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to have it all together. 
but I can be present with my with my boy and, and play. Yeah, that's a missing piece. I forgot to play. Mm. Now I'm gonna play. Life's gonna be so much better because I'm gonna play. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna clean my stuff and put it away. Oh, yeah, no, but I'm gonna play now. That's good. Well, listeners, we hope that some of these insights have been helpful for you and just yes. maybe in your own life and in your own journey. And again, if you if you or someone you know, some man that you know could benefit from a Gateway Weekend, please reach out to us. Um, you can go to BeBroken.com or just call us yes. at uh, 1-800-49-PURITY. But we are always glad that you're with us on this program. We look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Thank you, Take Gateway care. men. Thank yes, you. thank you. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.